How do you find the right customer? How do I get out of the truck? How do you find qualified employees? Every business owner I talk to struggles with the same thing. How do I get consistent work and have steady cash flow month to month? Most plumbers think business is like a roller coaster. Some months are up, some months are down, but it doesn't have to be that way. The number one question I always get asked is, what's up, Joel? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> uh, full disclosure, I just ate two peanut butter balls. Dude. And I'm working on them. Dude. Aren't those good? They are good. Um, I was, wait, before you say whatever you're going to say. Okay. It's, uh, it's important to note that in your fridge, you don't have, like, the lid is loose on those. Oh, heck yeah, dude. <laughs> so that you can just pop in there and snake one real quick. So. You don't want, like, you want as little resistance as possible to get yeah. to the peanut butter balls. Yeah, I told you this story before, but like, I was driving home and I got cookies with you know the with the partitions, and uh, with the partitions. Like you know how you there's mean? like they're in the plastic tray, right? Yeah. And so like you open the top and like you can only get so far in there. And I was driving home. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And the only reason why I couldn't eat the whole box is because my hand kept getting stuck. <laughs> and that's when I realized I had a problem. No. Oh. I don't. There's nothing wrong with eating a whole box of cookies. Dang, I wish somebody would have told me that when I came as up with that stupid as idea. As long as you're not like 500 pounds sitting there mm. eating a box of cookies every day. Ayla <clears> was <throat> telling me that you were doing really good on your diet, and then you made ice cream and cookies, and you had a massive bowl of Dude. ice cream with cookies around the edge. I didn't make cookies. My wife made cookies, mm -hmm. and then I got an ice cream maker for Christmas, so I was like... I'm going to try making some ice cream. And then I made the ice cream, mm -hmm. and I saw the cookies sitting there, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I, just went, you just went after it. <clears throat> heck yeah, dude. You got to. That's true. YOLO. But <laughs> YOLO, yeah, you only live once. <laughs> it was healthy ice cream, though. It was all raw milk. Mm. I used maple syrup instead of sugar. So you can eat as much as you want then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's how I view it. <laughs> this is all good fat, you know? <laughs> Forget about it. Yeah. Um, the peanut butter balls, by the way, are just for everybody listening or watching. Uh, link to the <clears throat> recipe below. We totally should. <laughs> you should. Just but if you just that. listen to this, you're gonna learn the recipe really quick because it's just <laughs> you should give peanut a really, butter. <laughs> you have a ghetto Google document with like three things on it. Yeah, people would appreciate it. <laughs> peanut butter, oatmeal, <laughs> and chocolate chips. Yeah. yeah, that's all that's in there. My wife makes them, mixes Pretty it all fresh. together, and then mm -hmm. puts them in little balls, and then. Stacks them in a Tupperware container and puts them in the fridge, mm -hmm. so they're they harden a little bit. Yeah, they're good. It's like a Reese's peanut butter cup, but it I think is better. Yeah, well, because it's also not like terrible for you. <clears throat> not terrible for you, dude. We got a treat today. I'm excited. I love treats. Wait, more peanut butter balls, Jared? I just no. got done chewing these ones. No, no uh, more peanut butter balls on okay. this document in front of me. I have a bunch of questions. A hundred. Almost questions. Really? Dang. We're going to call it 100. Okay, cool. 100 questions of our most asked questions mm. on oh, cool. in the YouTube comments and questions that we've gotten in our course and just questions in general that we get all the time. Mm. And we're going to answer those questions for you today. Oh, my goodness. On the podcast. And we have a lot of questions, <clears throat> and I would love to make it through all of them, but that may or may not happen. Yeah. So we're going to make through as many as we can. Because um, we want to answer them in as great a detail as we can. Okay, cool. But you're definitely going to learn something because these are questions that we get a lot of. And some of them are funny and some of them are good and some of them are require a 
are going to take a little bit of work to answer. Mm, cool. So those are good questions. Listen up. Stay tuned. Don't skip ahead. Watch the whole thing. Yeah. Because yeah, you're going to yeah. learn something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to learn something. <clears throat> you're definitely going to learn something. And I learn something every time. You're going to be the one answering the questions. Oh crap! Is that how this goes? This Damn. is how this goes. So I want you to read the question, and then <clears throat> read it like you're asking me. Yeah. And then I'll answer it the best I can, mm -hmm. and you can add in your input mm, okay. or ask any qualifying questions. Okay, well. yeah. Okay, here you go. Okay, if I don't know how to read, is that a problem? That's what if this is the moment major, that you figured out that it's I don't a know major how to read? problem? Awkward. Okay, <clears throat> it's pneumatic. Yeah, not pneumatic. Oh, is it still pterodactyl? <laughs> it's pterodactyl. Okay, yeah. thank goodness. Okay, all is right with the world. Okay, <clears throat> you ready, Jared? Yeah, just for everybody, I haven't heard. I looked at this very first question just now. That's it. Otherwise, I haven't read them. Okay, gotcha. Okay, Jared, how do you convince a customer to pay a higher price when they say, I need it done cheap? I need it done cheap. You're, that's the wrong customer. Yeah, but how do you convince them? You don't. Could you? I mean, you could wheel and deal with them, I guess. Mm. Like if I went to somebody's house, <clears throat> let's put a little context behind this. If I went to somebody's house and they were like, I have this problem, mm -hmm. and I presented them with a solution, and they said, I need it done cheap. <clears throat> I'd give them the cheapest solution I could get. Mm, sure. I'd say, okay, let me think of the cheapest way I can get this fixed for you. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a price for that. Would you do that before? Okay, so like this was before you would normally offer your normal options that you would op offer, because they said right up front, I need this done cheap, right? That's sort of the scenario. Let's say I offer them options first. Let's mm. just whip out the old toilet flapper example. Because <laughs> ah, yes, tried and true. <clears throat> that's one we get all the time. Um, so I would give them the options of toilet flapper. So at my company, we're 610 an hour, so that'd be, you know, it'd probably be 610 bucks for a toilet flapper. Mm. Probably, it'd probably realistically be 620 bucks because of the $5 flapper, and then we double the parts. Mm. So it'll be 620 bucks for the flapper. The guts on the inside, I mean, those are only like 20 bucks. It's not that much longer, so it'd probably be like $800 or a brand new toilet. I know a mm. uh, new toilet's probably like 1200 bucks. is probably mm. what we sell it for. Mm -hmm. So I'd present them with those options, mm -hmm. and then they'd say... I'd probably, at that point, dude, I'd definitely get the new toilet. <laughs> you, oh wait, no, you supposed, would. I'm no, to, it was this guy. Hey man, uh, <laughs> but I need it done cheap, man. Is that it? Like, can you, can we? That's. I'd be like, well, let's do the flapper. It's the cheapest option. Mm. I mean, at that point in time, you already provided options. You already provided yeah. a price point. Mm -hmm. Like you anchored them at that twelve hundred dollar new mm -hmm. toilet, or eight hundred dollars for all the guts in their toilet. Mm -hmm. Like they have a pretty good price comparison. Right. At that point, what's funny is most people just choose the guts because they're like, why would I pay $600 for a flapper when I can get guts for like $100 more? Yeah. Right? Yeah, if they don't just jump to the toilet. Yeah, a lot of times they do jump to the toilet. Yeah, which it makes, makes sense because it's like, well, because it makes sense because you're like, oh, man, a toilet is like a whole new thing Yeah. that I can justify in my mind more than just these couple of these little things. And a lot of times the toilet is, like the toilet that's in their house mm -hmm. is short. Yeah. And it's a round front. Mm-hmm. And the lid is the old, like, composite wood ones, and they just freaking slam shut. Mm -hmm. And so when you're doing this, make sure in your options, be like, hey, I, we, or we can throw in a new toilet that's a little taller mm -hmm. so it's easier to get it on and off of. Mm -hmm. This is a big one for old people. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's elongated, so it's more comfortable. Mm -hmm. 
good. That's a good seller for the guys. And then also it'll have a soft close lid. Mm. It comes with a lid that just whoo, nice and soft. No more wham in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. That sells a lot of people. But so let's just assume this guy wants, he's like, oh man, that like cheapest of the cheap is, that's too much. I need right. it. I need it cheap. Right. I'd say, okay, well, let me, let me call the office and see what I can do. This is what my guys are supposed to do. They don't do it all the time. We're always so busy that sure. when we go to a customer like this, it's like we just go to the next job. Yeah, you're like, all right, cool, man. Well, have a good day. Yeah, because it'll be 96 bucks. Yeah, because we have so many of them, right? Yeah. And, and really, he's not really our customer anyways. Yeah. Okay? But if you needed the work or you had a big shop and you were slow, have your guys call the office and say, hey, I'm here with this customer. Like right in front of the customer? Right in front of the customer. Pull out your phone and be like, hey, I am at this customer's house. They got a bad flapper. I presented them with the options. Um, they wanted the cheapest, but the cost of the flapper is still more than they can afford. So then it, the office personnel can be trained to say, well, what, did, what were they hoping to spend today to get this problem fixed? Mm. And then the technician will be like, hey, they want to know how much you were, you were hoping to spend today. Mm -hmm. And after telling them $620 for a flapper, they're usually not going to say 50 bucks. And, yeah. e and yeah, even if yeah. they do, you can kind of laugh it off, right? Mm -hmm. So like no matter what they say, if they say, well, I was hoping it would be like $200, mm. well, then you can come back and say, like the office staff would then say, oh, okay, um, well, tell the customer, um, we still have to cover our costs, but because we're already there, we want to make sure they get taken care of, um, we could do it for 300 Yeah. Or 350 or whatever. And what what is that number just your break-even number? Like what is that number that's in the so would say? You can go all the way down to your break-even number. Like mm -hmm. if you go grab our playbook, there's a link. If you're on YouTube, there's a link in the description of this video. Right next to the recipe. If you're listening on whatever podcasting you listen on, you can go to any of our social media profiles and there's a link. It's www.wealthyplumber. Actually, it's just wealthyplumber.com slash the playbook. Mm. Okay. Or you can also go to wealthyplumber.com slash playbook. Mm. Save, mm, gotcha. save you type in three letters. Um, so if you do that, you can go get our pricing calculator. Part of what that pricing calculator does, it gives you a cost per billable hour. That's yeah. your break-even rate, mm -hmm. right? The thing is, though, if you're at somebody's house mm -hmm. and you've taken the time to sh show up, mm -hmm. quote them, call the office, if when you go collect a uh, just a diagnostic fee, if you don't sell mm -hmm. any work, you're losing money. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So and if you don't have anything going on after that, yeah. Well, there's two ways to think about that. If yeah. you don't, if you got nothing going on after that, sure, yeah, it goes bottom dollar as you can. Yeah, go right above your diagnostic fee, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because if I there's mean, literally nothing else for you to do, you could go all the way down. Like if you're di mm -hmm. our diagnostic in '96, you could go to 101. That would cover your diagnostic and the cost of the flapper. Yeah, but at least the customer will get taken care of. Yeah, right? and I mean, in this job, it's not like you're going to be there for five hours or something ridiculous. Yeah, and then you probably sidestep a five star review or sorry, a one-star review, maybe, yeah. they're probably happy that you worked with them on their budget, yeah. and then you mark them in your CRM, do not service. Yeah. Because they're not your customer. Yeah, gotcha. Um, huh. But e even if you're... Another way to think about this is if you're busy, right, 
and you and you're like, I could go to another job and probably sell some work, it's still better to discount because you're sitting at this house, you have an opportunity. If you walk away with 96 bucks, you lost money. Mm. If you walk away with 200 bucks, you lost less money. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you're yeah, a, sure, sure. And if you're like a, uh, you know, you just started your business and you got like some money is better than no money, mm-hmm. right? So I would always work with the customer every mm. single time. Yeah. So do you find like when people are like are increasing their price, right? Do yeah. you ever find that they just, they don't work with the customer? Like they'll be like, all right, Jared, give me a new price. I'm going to go and just charge this price. And like, Jared, I'm not selling any work at my new price. Yeah. Like, and then are you just like, yeah, well you can, yeah. What are you doing? No, I always cover that on our, yeah. Every time I, we go over, cause part of our program, when you get into our, our coaching program is you get a one-on-one call with me in the very beginning we go over your hourly rate calculator because mm-hmm. it's so important. Yeah. And we go over like what it all means and how to use it to your advantage and right. how to look at it and how to run your discounts and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So yeah. So like if you if you're out there and you're like raising your rates, like understand that it doesn't mean that like, well, I lose lost all my jobs now. Yeah. It's like what's gonna happen is you're gonna make more money because even if you discount, you're starting at like 450 bucks an hour instead of starting at 110 or like 200 where you were before. The thing is, yeah, most most guys are charging like 100 to 200 somewhere in there. Yeah. I feel like not too many people are down at like <coughs> 120 anymore. It's like it's starting to catch on. They're all like yeah. 150. It's probably the lowest I've seen in a long time. Yeah. So let's say they're 150 to 250, but they're losing money every time they go to a call. Yeah, 100%. But if you lose money 20% of the time and you make money 80% of the time, then your money ahead, right? Yeah, and if you like, because before you would go to that call and that customer is probably going to be like, whoa, 220 bucks to change a flapper? Like, yeah. oh, I'm good on that. <clears throat> this time they're going to, and then maybe you haggle down to like 100 bucks. At least this point, you'd probably haggle down. I mean, you might haggle down all the way to 100 bucks, but the likelihood of you, if you're at 450, haggling down to like $300 is more likely yeah. because you're actually starting higher. You ne- No customer is going to be like, are you sure you don't want to do that for three hundred dollars instead of two hundred <laughs> like that's not gonna happen but so when you're changing your price you can start high and then you'll sell people at that high rate you can always go lower mm-hmm. but you can't go up yeah you can always mm-hmm. go down but it's really hard to go up yeah that's funny really i never even hard. i never even thought about that because in my head it was like you just charge that rate and then you just lose the jobs that you would have lost i never thought mm-hmm. that like no nah, man you're there yeah so like even like my company we have a built-in 10 percent off discount task. So there's a task that they can add in on Service Titan that discounts 10%. Mm. We have a we're act, we have we have a task that they had to manually discount. We're setting it up now to where there's an automatic 10% discount when they add the task. It's a mm. new feature in Service Titan that we just found out about. Mm. So we're setting it up so that there's a new customer 10% off discount. Mm. There's a existing customer 10% off discount. And then we're going to have one called uh, promotional discount. It's going to be 10% off. And we're going to go in and the promotional one is going to be like every time we run a new promotion, we're just going to change the name of it. Yeah. Right. So, and we tested this over Christmas and we sold a ton of work. It was actually wild. We had a record December. Yeah. December usually slows down, drops off quite a bit for mm. us. Um, and so this December, knowing that and knowing we were coming up on Christmas, like mm-hmm. two weeks before Christmas, we ran a 
no, one week before Christmas, we ran a 10% off mm-hmm. until Christmas discount. Mm-hmm. And then after Christmas Day, we ran 10% off until New Year's. Mm-hmm. Had to do the work before yeah. that, before yeah. Christmas or before New Year's. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you lose your 10%. Mm-hmm. Dude, that pushed so many people over the edge. It was crazy. Mm. It was wild. Yeah, it was like, well, <clears throat> I guess I should do this now because if I don't, I'll miss out on this. And depending on... 10% is always something, but it could be like actually something depending upon what they need to do. I mean, for us, the minimum it is is 60 bucks. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, and 60 bucks is a lot to some people. Yeah. So like, think about it. Then they're like, okay, I can I can say no and pay them $96 or I can mm. pay $60 less now for the work. Yeah. yeah. And they're likely just going to call somebody else. Like they're either going to call us back later or call somebody else back later. Right. Um, I think in our case, when we go and we sell work at a discount, they were going to call us back later. Right. They didn't want to spend the money now, Mm -hmm. but that little 10% just pushed them over the edge. Yeah. Which was fantastic. Yeah. So we're going to run, I'm going to start running like regularly scheduled Mm -hmm. promotions Mm -hmm. just to push people over the edge. Yeah. And my guys will add them to every single estimate. And as long as we sell more work than we normally would, we're money ahead. Yeah, it works. Yeah, we gain yeah. efficiency by doing that. Yeah, is what cool. ends up happening. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, I think we got that Phew. one. Feel good about that one. Okay, hey Jared. <clears throat> hey, what's up? Hey man, how's it going? Okay, <laughs> um, question number two. Dude, we're doing it, man. We're gonna make it through three of these. This is nerve wracking because hopefully uh, I can answer all these questions. Yeah, this one's in Spanish, so <laughs> we'll do our best. No comprende. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Yo Uno necesito. dos tres. Yeah. <laughs> nice dude <laughs> um, okay can you break down business expenses as a percentage of total revenue oh generally speaking is labor 50% advertising <clears throat> wait hold on a second generally speaking is labor 50% advertising marketing 20% overhead 20% profit 10% I think there's supposed to be a question mark there also kind of wondering if you take home a salary or is it a percentage or how that works okay two questions in one yeah, bonus. Okay, question number one, percentage-wise, mm-hmm. this is how it breaks down. Mm-hmm. The best way to think about it is on your P&L. <clears throat> yeah. You have 100%. Mm-hmm. Like every every dollar amount on your P&L adds up to 100%. Makes sense. Of your total income. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if you work your way from the bottom up and you just add up all the numbers, by the time you get to the top, mm. the total income and all the numbers added up are going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So total income is 100% or gross revenue or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So then you have, under that, you have your COGS. Wait, wait. Okay, so under the top line, you have your COGS. Top line, top line revenue. Have you ever heard that said? Yeah. 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 That's just referring to like the very top line on your P&L. Yeah. Is how much money you brought in. Yeah. They're going to call it a gazillion different things. Yeah. But it's however much money you actually, like... And it's not even like how much you sold unless you're on a, well, we won't even go there. <laughs> it's how much money actually hit your bank account. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you could sell work but not have done that work. Yes. And everything under under that from there on out is how much money left your bank account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. And there's a few lines in there that tell you how much is left over mm-hmm. after that money went out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So top line, total money collected. Yeah. How much money hit your bank account. Underneath that is your COGS, and we'll go. We'll come back to COGS. Underneath your COGS is your gross profit. Mm-hmm. Gross profit is one of those line items that's how much was left over. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like middle line. 
<laughs> Nobody would call it that, but no. like in my brain, that's like how because like no. it's a literal line. And it's then... like a core. It's like twenty percent down from the top. <laughs> okay, so maybe it's not really middle line. It depends on how much you break up all your stuff. Yeah, sure. It could be like way up at the top. Mm, sure. Um. Okay. All it is is how much money came in your bank account minus how much you spent on cogs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you want your gross profit to be fifty percent minimum. I'm just calling it minimum. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to be able to roll at 60, 70. The higher you get that gross, the better. Sure. The higher your gross, the better. Minimum is 50%. Mm-hmm. My company, we run dead nuts pretty much 50% all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. without fail. Um, in your COGS, COGS are anything related to the direct fulfillment. We've covered this a lot on this podcast recently. Yeah. But anything it's related to the direct fulfillment of your product. So if you're if you have a plumbing business, you buy and resell two things, materials and skilled labor. Yeah. So any costs associated with your materials mm-hmm. or your technician labor are cogs. Yeah. Not <clears throat> tools though, right? No, not tools. Yeah. Subcontractors cogs. Okay, interesting. So Yeah, that makes materials sense. Materials you buy for the job. <clears throat> mhm. Anything you spend on subcontractors and anything associated with labor. So their wages, their commission, their your employer portion of their taxes, um, any of their benefits, that's all COGS, okay? Mm-hmm. Cost of goods sold. You're going to subtract that and you should be left with 50%. Out of that 50%, mm. you should have roughly... 25% is typically, and this is typically what you see. So this would be like, and if you could get above these numbers, great. Sure. And some people you'll see, I would say the lowest for labor and subs, 20%. Mm. Ideally, 25% or better. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about that. this, right? Am um, I going backwards? I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe... Just keep going. We'll find out. I don't know. You'll figure it out. 25% is typical what you see, okay? Um, And then materials. Mm, mm -hmm. Did I say labor and subs? Materials and subs I would throw in the same category. Like I would say that's going to be 25%. Yeah, you did say labor and subs. Okay. Yeah. I would say material and subs, 25%. Mm -hmm. And that should be an easy one to to hit because you should be marking those up 100%. Mm. Okay. Otherwise, you're never going to hit your 50% gross yeah. mar- profit margin, mm-hmm. okay? Um, out of labor, all your labor costs should be 20% or 25%. Yeah. Okay? It should be no more. That should okay. be like, that's maximum. Yeah. If you could do it for less, then great. Mm-hmm. That's going to raise your gross profit, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's typically how that works out. 50% gross. Out of that 50% gross, mm-hmm. it's typically 25% material mm-hmm. subs, 25% labor okay and then underneath that you take out all your overhead and what's left over is your net profit yeah gotcha so net profit if we have 50 percent left over after gross and we want to hit 20 percent net then that leaves 30 percent for our overhead Mm -hmm. and that's typically what you'll see out of a plumbing business yeah gotcha as far as marketing costs go you're going to see anywhere from 10 to 15% is probably industry standard. 
Okay. The smaller your revenue numbers are, the higher that percentage is going to be because okay, yeah, you're yeah. dealing with smaller numbers. And so you have to make the number higher to right. have enough impact to actually do what you need it to do. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and then out of that, and like, so like my company, we're at 8%. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we, at 5 million, we don't need to spend 15% right. of desired revenue on marketing. Mm -hmm. Unless we were trying to grow, then we still, to we, we would sure. totally be pushing those numbers. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so, like 10% on the lower end is considered like maintenance. So mm. I could, I'd say eight to 10 is maintenance. If mm -hmm. you're under like, if you're under, if you're 3 million and under, I would spend at least 10%. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you get up into 12% and it's like, okay, we're, we're growing at a steady rate. 13, 14, you start getting more aggressive. 15 would be like, mm -hmm. I'm being really aggressive with my marketing. Mm -hmm. That's how much you'd want to spend on marketing. Yeah. Okay. Okay, second part of the question um, was... Also kind of wondering, if you take home a salary, or is it a percentage, or how does that work? So how does your salary work? So salary is... Your salary should be overhead. Gotcha. And it should be part of your the business expenses. Yeah. You as the business owner need to get a paycheck. Yeah. Um, you don't just get paid from profits. Right. You are a part of that company, and you need to get a paycheck. You are the CEO. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. forget the term business owner. Mm -hmm. You're the CEO. Yeah. And the CEO gets a paycheck. CEO gets mm -hmm. a paycheck. Yes. Yeah. Um, as long as you're doing anything in the company, you get a paycheck. Right. And so that needs to be part of what you factor in when you're factoring pricing as well. Mm, yeah. The business needs to make a profit aside from your paycheck. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, sure, because if you're profitable until you take your paycheck, you're not really you're profitable. You're not really profitable. Yeah, it's not going to show profit on paper. Yeah. And you would be lying to yourself. Because I've had these conversations where guys are like, oh, I'm profitable. I'm like, yeah. before or after your paycheck? I'm like, well, before. Yeah. Like, so you're not profitable. You're not profitable. Yeah. Yep. And anybody who comes to buy your business is going to look at it that exact same way. Right. So they're going to say, okay, you made 500000 but you didn't take a regular paycheck, so you really only made you know, 350000 Yeah. After you paid yourself. Yeah. So, or they're going to look at it like, okay, your profit margin says 300000 but you took home 150000 mm. So that means your business is capable of, capable of providing us with 450000 right. Um, right. IRS purposes, they're going to look at it and go, if you're paying yourself a regular paycheck, um, like if you're an LLC mm -hmm. and you're paying taxes on your paycheck, just mm -hmm. like a regular payroll tax, mm -hmm. then you only have to pay taxes on what the company made. Yeah, gotcha. Right? That sounds a little less complex. Is that true? Eh, I don't know. A lot of guys, they will just take owner draws instead of paying themselves a regular paycheck. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did when I was growing, and it was a big mistake because it was mm -hmm. like, I got money, I'm going to pay myself. I don't have any money. I'm not paying myself. Yeah, sure. Right? And so I would use not paying myself as a way to like further the business objective. Yeah. Which is kind of dumb if you think about it. So, and typically when I had money, then I would pay myself more than what I actually needed. Sure. And, and, and it's really hard to budget your personal lifestyle if you don't have a set income. Yeah. And it can be a little stressful too if you're like, oh, we got to grind hard so we can make some money because we don't, yeah. I don't have a regular paycheck at this point. Yeah. Like for your family, your wife might be like, okay, why don't you have a regular paycheck? Yeah. Well, because I just do this thing. I'm like, yeah. Huh. So what I would do if 
if I was doing it all over again and for anybody that's doing it now, I would make a budget for my personal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I would figure out what the absolute minimum I needed to live off of was. And I would pay myself that plus maybe 10%. Yeah. And then I would develop the discipline mm. to live off of that amount. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would do. Mm. And then you're always set. Yeah. You're good. Mm. No taking business funds because you mismanaged your money as a, yeah. you know, at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what you want to do. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Mm-mm. Okay, cool. No, I think we got that one. Okay, you ready for number three? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should we take a push-up break? <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's totally. do it. Let's do it. Push-up break. Here we go. <clears throat> okay, number three. If you had to break your business expenses down to... Okay, just make sure I was like on the same question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you had to break your business expenses down in percentages, how would you break it down? Employee wages, overhead, marketing, insurance, tools, vans, profit. Most of all, most of all, all things considered, do you, owner, take home a set salary or do you... It's the same question. Same question. <laughs> Is it on there twice? <laughs> no, it's a different question. Just... But it's the same question. Okay. Okay. So refer to. So we already covered it. I think so. Let me just make sure. Employee wages. So yeah, employee wages is part of your COGS. 25%. Overhead. Marketing goes into your overhead. Insurance goes into your COGS if it's attached to your employees. Tools. No. 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 Insurance. Health okay. insurance would go into your COGS. That's what I mean. Is health Business insurance. insurance would be overhead. Okay. Okay, cool. So that's helpful. And then tools, vans, that's all in overhead. Correct. I think sometimes it gets, because I was actually thinking about this today, ironically enough, is that I was like, <laughs> I think I was eating and I was like, wait, is tools part of COGS? No. And then I remembered, I was like, it's not. Because in our heads, you think we need tools to do the work. <clears throat> you need tools to do the work, but you don't buy and resell tools. Right. That's not your business model. Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's, You buy and resell materials and skilled labor. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I can, I can imagine that when guys listen to this, if they didn't know that clearly, they would structure their PL and mess it up and see percentages off because they'd put their tools in there or they'd yep. put their van in there and then yep. their overhead would be tiny. They're like, oh, my overhead's super good. Yep. And they'd see this large spread on their PL for the cogs. My cogs are really high. Yeah. Yeah. The way, the way I think about it is if I bought and sold coffee cups, if mm-hmm. I bought this from somebody and resold it to you, mm-hmm. my cogs would be this coffee cup. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Right. And so you buy and sell materials, skilled labor. That's it. Yeah. So if it's not associated with the materials or the skilled labor, mm-hmm. it's not a cog. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. And the reason we split it up on our PL that way, mm-hmm. number one, it's handy to go, oh, I, I hit 50% profit. Cool. Yeah. I'm healthy. I hit yeah, or sure, 50% sure. gross. I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. I hit 20% net. I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it also helps you identify if you have a problem where the problem is at. Sure. Because if you go down to the bottom of your P&L and your net is like 10%, mm-hmm. uh, right? Then you go, I got a problem. And then you could go If look, you go yeah. up to your gross profit mm-hmm. and you hit 50% gross, mm-hmm. then you know you have an overhead problem. Oh, dude, that's so helpful. If you didn't hit 50% gross, you know you have a COGS problem. Yeah. Right? Gotcha. So- it just helps you to know where to look. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that is super helpful. So instead of, I mean, and we talk about this, but like the name of the game is understanding where your problem is so that you can fix it. Yep. And since guys don't understand the business model to start, they don't even know where problems, they wouldn't even know where to look. They have no clue. Yeah. Not a clue. So it's just like, you're just 
hoping that what you're doing is going to work <clears throat> most for, people for long enough. Most guys are trying to build their business within a, a, we'll call it a cap. Yeah. Right. So they believe, like they think I can only charge this much. How do I design my business within that cap? Mm -hmm. The reality is you need to say, this is how much it costs me to run my business. Mm -hmm. How much do I actually need to charge to run this thing? Mm -hmm. It's different than what most people think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dude, question number four, we're ripping through these. <clears throat> Okay, hey, real quick, uh -huh. because we're talking about P&Ls, when mm -hmm. you're talking to your accountant and your lawyer and your CPA and your, I guess they're the same thing, but, and your bookkeeper, mm -hmm. they have no idea about any of this. Sure, yeah. yeah. No like, clue. Your bookkeeper probably does books for lots of businesses. I was barely making it, and my bookkeeper was like, you're killing it. And I was yeah. like, what? Because she was just looking at just revenue, right? She's looking at revenue. Yeah, she's like, your revenue is awesome. Like, top yeah. line revenue? Yeah. I feel so cool when I say that. Top line revenue? Top line, bro. Yeah. Oh, man. It's up here. That's <laughs> how <laughs> so you know you made it. <laughs> you can throw these words around at parties, everybody. Yeah. Sound really sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> How's your top line? <laughs> Unless there's like a real business owner there and he's like, this guy don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah be, beware. <laughs> um, okay, actually, I derailed you on that. So your bookkeeper doesn't know. She doesn't know, so don't listen to her. Yeah, is all. Or like, like maybe know enough so that you can help her structure your PL. Oh yeah. A lot of you uh, a lot of guys have to go talk to the bookkeeper and say, This is how I need my chart of accounts structured. Okay. Yeah. Okay, this is a slight dog leg in the conversation, but it seems to me that you hire these people, these bookkeepers, accountants, marketing agencies, and the assumption is is they know exactly what to do, so you don't have to know anything. That's the assumption. Very good. <laughs> What's the reality, though? <laughs> the rea the reality is that, yes, they are a professional in their field. Yes, they should know what they're doing. But they're just people, right? Mm. Business is just a – like, think about how often – you may not know this, but our listeners mm – -hmm. you, I mean, you know. Like, mm -hmm. you're in our business. You're mm -hmm. in the wealthy plumber. Think about how often we're like, oh, crap. <laughs> mm. We messed that one up, yeah, right? definitely. Or, oh, man, we didn't even think about that, yep. right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're constantly learning every single day, okay? Mm -hmm. We're constantly becoming better people. We're constantly mm -hmm. making mistakes. Right. And we try to limit that to the, to the best of our ability, but at the end of the day, in every single business, mm -hmm. the business is full of people. Right. And people make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And people sometimes don't know what they're doing and, and run into things that, they don't understand, right? Mm. So anytime you deal with a contractor or subcontractor or a marketing company or a bookkeeper or a CPA, it's your job as the business owner to understand what's going on and be involved and make smart decisions. Yeah. It's a I like to think of when you're hiring these people, it's a partnership. Yeah, sure. It's a partnership, but ultimately, who's responsible in this partnership? You are. You are. It's your business. So you need to be involved. You need to understand what's going on, mm -hmm. and you need to be a part of the decision-making. Right. Not just say, oh, they got it. Right. It'll be good. Yeah. Because chances are it won't. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Okay. All right, number four. Number four. The rip the customer off mentality word gets around. Next thing you know, nobody wants you. Word of mouth will send your referrals to the trash can. Once a customer figures out you rip them off, you're out along with everyone they know. Now your customer is my customer because they get a good job at a fair price. 
So I thank you for being so greedy. It sends customers my way all the time. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. Your response. So this guy is assuming that being expensive is ripping people off. Yes, I think so. And yeah. that if you continue to rip people off, your customers will leave, mm. and then the f- fair contractor, mm-hmm. the fair plumber. There's lots will, of air quotes going around for everybody who's just listening. Yes, we'll get all the work, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and the funny part about this, so number one, what is a fair price, right? Um, Whatever I say it is. I would agree if you go just rip people off, then you're gonna you're not going to be in business for very True. long. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're probably not going to make it. Or it's going to get around... They're going to be like, these guys, they're just ripoffs. Yeah. What would you, like, how would you define ripping the customer off? If they paid you for something that you didn't give them, mm. that would be a ripoff. Yeah, but if sure. they agree to a price for for work that they agreed to, sure. right? You guys had a mutual agreement. Mm-hmm. They agreed to a, pay. Essentially a contract. You agreed to do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fair. It doesn't matter what the price is. Yeah, true. It's fair. True. Right? Um, even if you're way over market value, right? It that's on them to go get mm-hmm. more quotes, right. right? So, like, if I was to hire you, mm-hmm. and you came to my house and you charged me two hundred thousand dollars for this thing, and I said, <laughs> "Yeah, let's do it, man." Mm-hmm. We signed a contract. You mm-hmm. agreed to do this thing because you did do that thing. I agreed to pay you two hundred thousand right. dollars, mm-hmm. and you did the thing. And I paid you two hundred thousand dollars. That's fair. Yeah, it was decided by both parties that there's a mutual benefit. If I call around afterwards and I get a quote for fifty thousand, and I'm like, "This dude ripped me off." Mm. That's that's on that is not on you. That sure. is on me. Yeah, that is on yeah that is on the person who, I guess, in this scenario, didn't do their due diligence to find the best price, whatever they wanted to do. Yes, like they just took that business in that moment, like. When I bought a brand new car that was a terrible deal for me, yeah. it wasn't the salesman's fault. It Mm-mm. wasn't anybody's fault except for no. mine. Because I said, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll agree to this astronomical price for yep. this tiny car. Sure. Yep. I'll sign my name to it. This is a true story, by the way. Yeah, by the way. Yep. Um, it wasn't their fault. No. Like, I can't walk out of there and be like, oh, not- that salesman, he... But see, some people might, right? They might they walk do. out and be like, that well, salesman didn't give me all the information. Those and- people have the victim mentality. Yeah, and the reality is it's like you're responsible for what you do. Yes. Okay, that's half the equation, though. Yes. On the other end, like as a contractor, you have to decide, or as a plumbing business owner, you have to decide what is a fair price Mm -hmm. that you're willing to charge as well, right? Right. So to me, a fair price covers my expenses, provides the customer with a good experience, Mm -hmm. provides my employees with a good living, and still makes a profit. Right. So... If I can charge a price that does those things, right, then that's a fair price. And the other thing is, like, market, the market is a real thing, okay? Mm-hmm. If I'm in town and I'm providing this incredible value my to my customers, to my employees, and I'm making a profit, mm-hmm. and I'm charging more than what it costs me to provide that value and make a profit, mm-hmm. somebody could come in and provide the same amount of value at a cheaper price. Right. If if the playing field is equal on value, right. the only other deciding factor is price. Right. So <clears throat> when you're uh, when uh-huh. you price high, it's a it's a measure of the 
the value you're bringing to the marketplace. Yeah. So sure. your your expenses for your business, mm-hmm. as long as they're legitimate expenses that either increase efficiency mm-hmm. or bring value to your employees and bring value to your customers. Mm-hmm. If they're not if they're not doing any of those, then you don't need them. Right. Right. You don't have any fluff expenses. Your expenses are a direct representation. It's a dollar amount representation mm-hmm. of the value you're bringing into the marketplace. And as long as you keep those expenses as low as possible and charge enough to cover those expenses, make a profit, nobody can come into the marketplace and do the same thing you do mm-hmm. any cheaper. That's what I would call, for me personally as a as a plumbing business owner, that's what I would consider a fair price. Gotcha. What Now, on the other end of it, to this guy's point... Like he's under the mindset that he's going to be able to go in and, so, I mean, just think about the the silliness in this comment, right? Mm-hmm. You've got big shops charging six hundred dollars an hour, and they've been in business for years. Yeah, they they typically grow and, and they hire t- all the guys. And the guy that you just had got lost to the big shop because and they get they most of more. they get most of the customers. And it in his logic, they would go out of business, like because. All the customers would flee to this guy. Yeah, and this guy would be, I guess, making a lot of money, question mark? This guy would be the millionaire, then the big shops would be going broke. But the opposite is true, right? (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a a bad belief. Yeah, it just doesn't pencil out at the end of the day. No. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, Okay. I feel good about that one. Feel good about that one? Sure. Okay. What advice would you give people who aspire to start a plumbing company in places like England? I assume there may be something that would be different to have or have have separate advice. I assume that there may be something that would be different or there might be different advice that you would need to give. It's all the same. How so? No matter what, like, they have plumbing problems. They call a plumber to get them fixed. It's a different currency. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, currency is just a, it's just a metric to measure numbers. Right. So... It's the same. Yeah, the numbers might be different, smaller or larger, but even on, would it even be the same like on your P&L, like the same yeah. percentages? Yeah, same thing. Because again, you're still, again, like the answer to this question exists in what we've talked about already, where it's like, what you're doing is you're selling skilled labor and materials. Yep, and you're going to take that skilled labor, whatever mm-hmm. you have to pay them to get them to come work for you, mm-hmm. and whatever you have to pay for the materials, you're going to mark that up yeah. enough to cover hit 50% gross profit. Yeah. It's going to be 100% markup on that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're going to keep your overhead under 30%. You can even use our calculator just instead of dollars, yeah. whatever it is in the UK, I don't yeah. even know. Pounds? Is it pounds? Dude, I don't know. I don't I'm, know. An, I'm an ignorant American. I don't know Dude. anything about the world. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I talked to a guy from Australia, <clears throat> and <laughs> he said, well, it's tomorrow here already. And I said just the dumb American joke, like, oh, how's the future? <laughs> I, could just, I could just see him being like, you're such an uh, idiot. And I'd be like, dumb so, Americans. I never talked to people from the future before. Just, you know, normal American stuff. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's even funnier thinking about it now. Hopefully he'll listen to this, and he'll just shake his head and be like, yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you are providing a service to a customer. Mm-hmm. And if you price yourself properly to cover expenses and overhead, like you're going to have expenses, you're going to have overhead, you're going to have guys to pay, you're going to run around in vans. Um, you're, so it's the same model. And you're going to have like different licensing requirements or different like tax structures. But at the end of the day, 
None of that matters. None of that matters. <laughs> nope. Like it it's, doesn't change anything <clears throat> that we talk about. Nope. Like that PL structure is still going to be the same. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Easy peasy. I want to start my own residential service company in the future, but I'm barely starting out. I'm thinking of going with this company called Rotor Rooter since they are hiring apprentices, but they make you buy your own van. I'm not sure how it will work when I want to quit and start working for myself. Like, am I going to be able to keep the van or not? Or should I go with a different company? Although not many are hiring in my area. I'm in Houston, Texas. That sounds very weird for Rotor Rooter to want you to buy your own van. Yeah. If that's the case, I wouldn't work there. And I probably wouldn't go work for Rotor Rooter either. How come? Because Rotor Rooter is a franchise, so you're not going to get a good inside look of like mm. how business should run. Yeah. Yeah. I just talked to this guy who was actually, it was a kid. He was 17 years old and he booked a call on my calendar. And yeah. I took it. It was a fun call because it's like, I like talking to kids like that because then I can tell them like just like old man stuff like, hey, do hard stuff and yeah. don't hang out with idiots. And yeah. like, <laughs> just like then, you know, just Back get on, in my day. Yeah. Get on my soapbox for like 15 minutes and have yeah. a captive audience. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. But I told him to go and like get a job at a big shop so that he could understand like how big shops run. And I told him if he could like be like a selling technician, because sometimes big shops, they'll just, well, you're just the sales guy. You're the installer. Like, to have that rounded experience is important. But what I yep. should have told him is like, try not to make it a franchise because that matters as far this as is, his experience <clears throat> for building his own business. This is what I would do. And this guy's in Houston. I guarantee you there's tons of businesses he could go work for. Mm -hmm. And he says they're not hiring. He, did, they, he just doesn't know they're hiring. Yeah. I would go on the internet. Mm. I would search plumbers in Houston. Mm -hmm. And I would go find somebody with really awesome truck wraps. Right. Go to kickchargecreative.com, mm -hmm. look at their truck wraps, and then go find somebody with a similar truck wrap in your right. area. I would go to that contractor, and I would, I would find somebody if they have like, you know, four to four to twenty trucks. Yeah, and I would, I would go to them and I would say, I want to come work for you for free in the office mm. because I want to see. I want to learn how this business runs. Mm -hmm. If somebody came to me and did that, I'd be like, heck yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. Come on in. I'll teach even, you. Even if you knew that they wanted to like <clears throat> start up a potentially competitive company to you? Heck yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if I saw that in a young kid. Sure, yeah. Be like, yeah, dude, yeah. you're you're a total badass. Yeah, even this kid who was 17, I was like, dude, you're thinking about it the right way because you're thinking about business stuff. Totally. Like um, don't get lost in the weeds of the plumbing. Like the business stuff is going to be the thing that's going to carry the day. Yeah. I would offer to come work for him. Like I would say, I'll work in the field. I'll be like pennies, like pay me minimum wage. Yeah, I'll work in the field, and then if I can come in the office for one day a week, I'll work for free. Mm, yeah, like if a I can bonus work, day. even if I have to work around the shop, I'll sweep the floors. I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, but I just want you to teach me how your business runs. Mm. Hmm. Find somebody who is has truck wraps, who's charging. A ton of money, mm -hmm. who's at least four hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollars an hour, mm -hmm. and figure out what they're doing. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, cool. Well, that's had good I, advice. Had I done that, yeah, I would have been so much better off. Sure, yeah, because you would have you would have experienced the proper business model way earlier, like seventeen years earlier. Yeah, yeah. And then you and then all that like, like so I, I started my business the first time nine years in. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. And then I didn't start it right 
the I started it the fourth time the mm. right way mm. nine years later. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasted nine years mm, sure. trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out what in the how in the heck all this stuff works. Right. Nine years. Dang, that's a long time. Like if you think what if you think what you've done with your company in the past, however many two or three or whatever, how many years it is, yeah. to where you are now, like that's not even half the time that you spent in that nine years not understanding how the plumbing business actually runs. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, nine years is a long time. Yeah, it took me nine years to like shift my mindset and actually like go figure out how to run an actual plumbing business. Hmm. Whereas if you could go work for somebody who had that all figured out, Mm -hmm. you'd get done with your apprenticeship program and you'd be rocking and rolling. Yeah. Be like, bam. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Cool question. Cool. Cool question. Um, So taking your advice, from what I've listened to so far, you need to learn to do all these things as a business owner, shouldn't you learn to do marketing then? I assume maybe like maybe learning to do marketing yourself seems mm. to be implied in the question. Yes. The answer is yes and no. Okay. Because like we talked about earlier, you hire a marketing company. Right. <clears throat> you need to know what they're doing. You need mm. to understand, like at a core level, you need to understand it. Right. So like I couldn't go set up a AdWords campaign for a new plumbing company and be confident it's going to be successful. Sure. But I can go into my AdWords campaign and I know exactly what's going on. Sure. Yeah, I gotcha. So, and that's really important. There were times in my business where the like AdWords cost was going up mm. and the marketing company wanted to put a cap on how much we were spending. Mm. Right. Had I done that, it would have it would have hurt my business really bad. Sure. But because I understood how AdWords worked, I did something different mm. because the marketing company is coming at it from a totally different angle than you are as the business owner. Sure. And they don't have the understanding of your business like you do. Mm. And so you need to know your business and you need to know how you need to understand the fundamentals of the marketing and what it's doing and how it works and how it relates to your business mm. so that you can make smart decisions on how to tweak it to to affect your business positively. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Cool. I like that. But to try to do it all yourself, that'd be a huge learning curve. Yeah, and I think what happens is, because again, when guys are trying to build a business underneath an artificial cap, they think, I'm going to save money by doing the marketing myself. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you're not going to be able to do it as well <clears throat> as a professional, if and it's going to suck up tons of time. Yeah. If you're just starting out, you could you could get your GMB yourself. You could do your GLSA yourself, and that's about it. Yeah. You could get your social media. Mm-hmm. But even then, most guys, like, screw up the Facebook header image. <laughs> yeah. Like it just looks like garbage when yeah. you do it. So yeah, true. <laughs> true. I would I would get a GMB and I would get GLSA yeah. if I couldn't afford a marketing company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would probably just post on my personal Facebook. Mm. Yeah. And try to get enough work to go from there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. <clears throat> I need <laughs> I need the new guide, please. You mentioned that there have been some revisions. Once again, thank you for all the great information. The new playbook. Yeah. Yeah, the playbook got updated 
And it'll probably continue to get updated, to be honest with you. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing. Well, I'm just, as I think of stuff to put in there, I put it in there. Yeah. Um, it's the same link in our in this podcast. So on YouTube or on any social media profile, you can go and in our bio, there's a link and you can go grab the playbook. Yeah. But that link will always have the updated version. Yeah. So if you got the like day one through seven version of this, mm -hmm. I think day eight, I updated it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's almost like a living document. Um, can I Can I give you my thoughts on that? Yeah. I think you should just update it, but then just release it so that people know. So that you're like, hey, playbook 2.0. I did. And then, okay, cool. I mean, it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah, I know, I know. There was one thing in here I really wanted the guys, the people who got it to have that mm. I forgot to put in there. Mm. It was just one thing. Yeah. It was the hour to rate calculator, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I forgot to put it in here. Oh, man. And I was like, dang it, these guys need this. Yeah, so, this thing is a pretty, it's a very useful tool. Yeah, so I threw it in there. So if you didn't get the calculator, the hourly rate calculator, I think I added like one section in the back as well. I don't remember what it was, but if your playbook doesn't have the calculator in it, mm, it's old one. you have the old one. Gotcha. And to get the new one, go click the link, throw in your email, and you'll have it. It'll probably be in your junk. In it'll your junk email, your, that is. It'll be in spam, junk, something. Yeah. If you want to do us a huge favor, you could mark it, not spam. Yeah, because then that will help you get whatever else we keep sending you. Yes, because we're always sending you good stuff. Oh, yeah, always, always. good stuff. Yep, I read them every day. Do you? <laughs> I, don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what's on them. You don't even them. check your email. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, okay, okay, okay. Could you maybe do a video on what your overhead verse is versus your revenue? Trying to see if your four hundred to five hundred dollar an hour is because of the location you are in. So kind of a dual question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we've answered a lot of this. Yeah. But overhead versus revenue. Mm -hmm. And then four to five hundred dollars is because of location. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the the assumption here is, oh, you can charge that much because you're in the middle of Alaska and you have to like sled dog everything in and it's super Dude, expensive it doesn't matter where i was people would be like oh you can charge that much because yeah you're in a really you're busy in market or yeah you're in a unique market if i was in california they'd say you can charge that because you're in california or if i was in florida if i was here in pensacola florida they'd probably be like you can charge that because there's a lot of rich people there yeah or whatever but like, yeah it, it, so here's the thing with this let's we'll answer the second part of the question okay it doesn't matter where you're at. You have to cover your expenses and charge the customer enough to make a profit. Right. Charge the customer enough to cover your expenses and make a profit. Yeah. I've never, ever, ever walked through an hourly rate calculator with anybody, and I've done it for hundreds of business owners, mm -hmm. multiples of hundreds. It's never come below $400 an hour. Yeah. Ever. So the cost of running a business Let's put it this way. How much you have to charge to cover the cost mm. plus make a profit has never been less than 400. Yeah. Alabama, Florida, California, mm. Alaska, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, Vermont, Virginia, Montana, Colorado. I don't Kentucky. I don't care where you are, it's never been less than 400. Mm. So no, it is not location dependent being four to five hundred dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. It is location dependent, like whether you're four hundred or six hundred, right? Yeah. Yep. 
if you're in California, it's going to cost you more to run your business. You're going to have to charge more to the customer to make up for that fact. Mm -hmm. The good news about that is that you just end up doing higher dollar amounts. And so right. if you maintain the same profit margin, you make more money doing sure. the same amount of work. Yeah, sure. Right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but then California takes it all from you. Um, yep. <laughs> if you're in Kentucky, it's going to be cheaper to run your business. Mm -hmm. So you're probably not going to have to charge the six six fifty that the Californians do. Right. Right. You're probably going to be able to get away with, well, you're going to be able to charge less and still make a fair profit. Right. Right. So it is location dependent, but you're never going to be under 400. Yeah. Yeah. It's location dependent, but not <clears throat> for the reasons that this question asker is thinking. Yes. And like, in this question, it's just they're like, there's a normal human trait that's happening here is whenever we're approached with a challenging idea, mm -hmm. we immediately try to defend our current position because we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to have to pivot our life and thinking. Yeah. So it's natural to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me just. So when you say like, this is how much you need to charge, people are immediately like, there's no way because my position is obviously correct because I've been doing this and this well, guy is just coming at me with this whole new angle. So we yeah. just naturally want to defend what we're currently doing. They believe in going rate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which going going rate it, going rate is just flat out going broke. Yeah. If you currently. charge if you charge the going rate, you're gonna go broke. Yeah. And if you Google like average plumber rate, and then that's what you base it off of, that is the wrong answer as well. I'm even willing to, if you don't have a solid understanding of your numbers. Sure. You're gonna have a very hard time being profitable. Yeah. I was even talking to a guy today, and he was. It was a, it was a cool conversation because like he was, I mean it was cool in the sense that he was open with like sharing about his business, but he he had a hard time. He didn't want to be the most expensive because he wanted to be able to serve people who didn't have very much money and not not necessarily very much. Like I think he was thinking like, I don't know, sort of middle of the road. He just didn't want. He had a hard. It was hard for him to want to charge a ton of money. Um, because he wanted to have that sort of fair pricing mentality. Um, then he needs to charge more people more money so he can afford to charge other people less money. Yeah. So like there, you can't, you, ha your business is going to cost you so much to run. You can only get it down so far. Yeah. And like he was, he was really <clears throat> hoping he could sort of rewrite the business model that was original to his area and his like relationships with, you know, the groups that he was a part of, realtor groups, et cetera, that he could get all these referral works. So he's really trying to play this game. But when I got to him, I was like, man, like this is what I think is going to happen is you're going to get to this point where you're going to charge less and you're going to find this moment where you want to, where you want to scale and you're going to want to jump out of the truck and you're going to find yourself always coming back into the truck because you're not going to accommodate the price increase at that moment. Like at some point you are going to have, you're just going to run into a moment where you actually just can't afford to grow this business beyond there's yourself. Only, there's only three ways to make money. You can do more work, mm -hmm. which more work if you're not profitable isn't going to get you there. Sure. It'll just give you, yeah, it'll be the same percentages. You can do, you can charge more or you can be more efficient. Mm -hmm. You can only get so efficient. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And part of being efficient is you drive down costs, right? Right. You can drive down costs. You can drive efficiency like scheduling. You mm -hmm. can drive efficiency in all sorts of ways. Mm -hmm. You can only get so efficient. You can, and you can, you're only going to do so much work. Right. Like if you're a one man show, you can only do so much work. Right. Right. One guy is limited in how much work he can do. Mm -hmm. 
the only way, the easiest way to make money today is to charge more. Yeah. It's the one lever you can pull mm-hmm. and make more money. <laughs> Trying to increase efficiency could take years. You'll be out of business before you get there. Yeah. And chances are you're not going to increase it that much. You're still going to have to charge a lot. Especially if you're the business owner. You're probably already pretty dang efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. What was the what was the first part of that this question? Um, what your overhead is versus your revenue. My overhead versus my revenue. Our overhead's 3.8 million. Our revenue this last I just looked at it today. Last 365 was 5.2 something. Mm-hmm. There you go. Cool. All right. Um should you should you still charge $500 if every established company in your area area is roughly 100 to 150? Yes. Short answer? Yes. <clears throat> Why? Because you're going to make all the money, you're going to spend all the money on marketing, you're going to get all the customers and you're going to dominate your area. Yeah. We charge 610. The next most expensive plumber in town, they only have two plumbers, I believe. Mm. Last I checked, they're like 400. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is 200 and under. Gotcha. Every single other plumber. Yeah, and this actually would be a good example. Like what you just said is a good example in reference to this question because this sounds like a small market where there's not, there might be a lot of players, but they're very small companies. If you're the most expensive, you will kill it. Yeah. You will make a lot of money. You will serve a lot of customers. Mm -hmm. You will be able to take very good care of your employees and you will make a, you will have a lot of happy customers because Mm -hmm. you will be able to provide them with a good service that the other players in the market cannot. Right. Remember when they can't even, get new customers. Mm-hmm. Number two, they sure. can't provide them with a good service because they don't make enough money to provide them with a good service. Mm-hmm. They can't hire good guys because they can't pay them enough. Mm-hmm. They're just stuck. And if that's everybody in your market and you come in and do something different, you're not even, you don't even have any competition. Sure. Yeah. You're completely, I mean, you're a completely different business. You're a different beast at that point. You will own the market. Mm. So yeah, hundred mm. <clears> percent. <throat> Dan Kennedy said, there's no strategic advantage to being the second cheapest, the second most expensive. There you go. That's a better way to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's a there's a huge uh, strategic advantage to being the most expensive. Yeah. And he's 100% right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Cool. The most expensive will outmarket the second most expensive and take all their work. Yeah. This is how it is. True. I mean, the, what is it? The, the best known beats the best every time. Uh-huh. So it's like, if you yep. think about it, like there could be in your market plumbers who are better than you at plumbing. They might yeah. consider themselves the best, but since you're the best known, you'll you'll win all the time. Yeah. Like if nobody knows who this guy is. Yeah. He ain't going to get any work. And like, that's true for everything. Like there <clears> could be, your neighbor could be the world's best basketball player. Yep. But because nobody knows that dude exists, yep. he, it doesn't matter. Yep. So the game here is you couple... Everybody knowing who you are with exceptional customer service, Mm. exceptional quality of work, and you charge a lot of money for it, and you have an untouchable business model Yeah, for the most part. And it's almost like, I mean, we use the word a lot of money because it's relative to the audience. That's it. Like, and that's it. But like, really, we could just say that you do excellent excellent work, excellent customer service, and you charge what you need to to accomplish that. Correct. And then... And think about it from your customer standpoint, okay? They are calling your business... <clears throat> because they have a toilet that's running. How often does that happen? How often are they calling your business? 
because of a running toilet or a plumbing problem. It's not that often. Mm. It's once every couple of years, okay? So if if mm. they're paying you $600 for a flapper every three years, they're paying you $200 a year. It's not a big chunk of money out of their pocket mm. for plumbing maintenance on their house. Sure. When they call the you know, the one truck Chuck, and he's like, well, um, uh, I'll call you back when I have some time. And then they call back at this really inconvenient time. And they're like, hey, I got some time. I can come out to your house. Yeah, randomly. <laughs> and they're like, uh, let me see if I can get some time off work. Or I got a Zoom meeting and I work from home. And right. uh, Okay, whatever, because they waited two weeks for this guy to call him back. Mm. Then this dude shows up in a ratty old van, and they're like, I don't know about this guy. Mm-hmm. They don't trust anything he's doing. Right. If you can answer your phone, get them on the schedule, and get them taken care of, the money they're paying you, the $200 a year on average, is well worth it Mm -hmm. to a lot of people. Hmm. They don't have to be rich, right? Mm -hmm. They just have to be have money to spend on plumbing. Yeah, sure, yeah, that's a good point. People who don't are going to go do their own plumbing or call the cheapo guy. They're okay with that because they're, they're like, I need the cheapo guy. Yeah. There's, t- there's so many customers out there. There are more customers out there who are like, I don't want to deal with the crazy lunatic guy mm-hmm. that I don't trust. Mm-hmm. I want them to get this problem fixed now, not mm-hmm. later. And I don't mind paying whatever it costs. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's like, don't think that your thoughts about money are your customers' thoughts about money. Correct. Like that's... People make that assumption all the time, especially within the trades, because they think, yep. well, I would never do this. I would never pay for that. Well, it's like, of course well, not. Duh. Of course not. <laughs> like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you? This doesn't yeah. make any sense. I wouldn't pay somebody to come change my flapper. <laughs> yeah. You just... And the reason is because it's more of a pain in the butt for me to call somebody mm-hmm. have them out here to change my flapper. It's not even the money. Yeah. It's just that I know that I could have a flapper delivered to me from Home Depot (laughs) and I got other toilets and then I just swap a flapper out and it's easier for me than calling a plumber. Yes. But for people who aren't mechanically inclined, who Mm -hmm. don't know what's going on, Mm -hmm. who feel like they're going to break it if they try to fix it. Right. Or don't even want to begin like thinking about it. Yeah. they. It's easier for them to call a plumber Mm -hmm. until that plumber is a one truck chuck and doesn't call him back and doesn't get him on the schedule and then they don't trust him and then they're worried to have him in his house and... Mm -hmm. The whole thing becomes a pain in the butt. So if your company that can be super easy to deal with, in other words, it's easier for them to call you than yeah. to call the other guy or try to fix it themselves, mm-hmm. you're golden. That makes me think of our <clears throat> earlier question with the guy saying that, you know, he gets all the work from the greedy customers. And it's sort of ironic because he we could just say it's 50%. They're like, yeah, and then the big companies get all the work from the guys that you can't take care of. Like it goes both, like it they can get, go both ways. They get all the work from the people who don't want to deal with him. Exactly. And then those goes right to the customers who are like, ah, mm, and those are I'm the ones good. who are willing to make, like pay good money for plumbing yeah. and they're easy to deal with Yeah, and they leave you five-star reviews. Yeah. 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 It's just funny. Cause it's like, the assumption is that like, oh, you're too expensive. I'll get all your work. But it's actually like, <clears> it's actually cause you don't know how to run your business. So I'm going to get the work. The funny part about that is that's every plumber who goes into business for themselves. They usually think. I'm going to charge less and I'm going to get all, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get all the work. I'm going to yeah. make all the money. Yeah. But then what ends up happening is they all end up broke. Yeah. They're like, dang it. <laughs> like something isn't right here. It this doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes down to like, well, you just, you just went into it not understanding how the mechanism works. It's fundamentally flawed from the get go. Yeah. 
Fate foiled me again. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Dang ah, it. I was born at the wrong time, wrong place. That must be it. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. You're awesome, man. Would you run Google or Facebook ads? Would I run Google or Facebook ads? Like if I had to choose? Yeah. I'd run them both. Okay. Would you run them both like just right from the get-go? I mean, me personally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, so sure, sure, sure. if I had to pick one, like, if I started out and I didn't have any, I mean, it's contextual, right? If I didn't have any work, I would try running Google ads first. Sure. Because Why? that's Because you're going to pay for a phone call. Okay. Facebook is going to be more of a branding play. Mm-hmm. Facebook, like direct response ads, like, hey, call us for work, they typically don't work that well. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Because <clears throat> nobody's on Facebook looking for a plumber. They're all on Google, getting fed Google ads looking for a plumber. Yeah, when we're on Facebook, we're just looking to get entertained. Yeah, Facebook isn't a search engine where people go to look for a professional service. No. Well, then why even run Facebook ads at all? So Facebook ads are good for brand awareness. Mm -hmm. So you can show people, hey, we're a plumbing company and we're in your area and we do a good job. Right. And they will get to know who you are, build the know, like, trust factor, and then... When they do go to Google to search for a plumber, mm. they either search directly for you because they've seen you so many times and they know who you are and they trust you, or they get fed an ad and they have two options, you or some guy they've never heard about. Right. And they've seen you get five-star reviews all over the place and they click on you and your GMB has a ton of five-star reviews, they're going to call you. Right. Right? So that'll drive down your Google ad cost. Right. Yeah, and you have to think about it like, our brains are kind of wired to go the path of least resistance. Yep. So when you are informed of a company's existence, just you're on Facebook to get entertained. Yeah. And you see your plumbing company pop up a couple times a week. Putting putting five-star reviews on mm-hmm. Facebook and then paying money to Facebook to feed those out to people in your community. Yeah. That's like that's like other people referring your company to these to your to new customers basically yeah. right it's like getting a referral it's the next best thing i would say and it's also it's like you just appear in their lives like no matter where they're at like if you think about yep. all of us with our phones it's like if that like it's just like somebody like popping in <laughs> popping into the bathroom when you're taking a poop and you're looking on your phone like hey remember prospector plumbing you're like oh thanks Dude. man and they just keep Help. going you if know? you're on your phone while you're pooping you got to stop <laughs> but like that's like the you know forty five minute break, dude. <laughs> now get that over with. Get back to work. So a laptop when you're pooping. <laughs> I got to be entertained by yeah. something, man. Come on yeah. now. Um, okay, here's a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. Not being entertained while pooping, but <laughs> prime example of door open watching TV. <clears throat> dude, man, I worked with a guy who had TVs in his bathroom. Like you go to his house, and. If he's listening to this, I doubt he does. But if he does, I love him to death. He's mm. a good person. Um, he had a TV in his living room, and he'll laugh if he listens to this. TV in his living room, TV in his kitchen, TV in his dining room, mm-hmm. TV in his bedroom, TV in all of his bathrooms. It's like, dude, That's so funny in those bathrooms, huh? And back in the day when I when <clears throat> I knew him and I found out he had so many TVs, I didn't even have a TV, and I was like, dude, and they would all be on. Like playing the same thing long. or different stuff? No, different stuff. Um, it was wild. Just hmm. different way of doing stuff. Now now we just do that normally. You just walk around your house looking at your phone. Yeah, doop, that's doop, how doop. everybody probably is now. They're all just on their phone. Mm-hmm. I'm um, on my phone right now. You better not be. Oh, okay, I'll get off of it. 
Okay, prime example. I just moved to Florida, what, two years ago. Yeah. There's a company here called Peden. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones I've seen an advertisement from. I've seen their trucks driving around. Yeah. I've seen their billboards. I've seen them on social media. Mm-hmm. Guess who I called when I needed my AC maintenance? Peden. I called Peden. Yeah. I didn't know who else to call. Sure. Right? Yeah, actually, that's a that's a great point. Let me just <clears throat> uh, lean into that point because I've lived here for like six months now. Yep. And I've seen other people drive around, but Peden's the only one I remember. Yeah. Because I've seen them the most. Yep. You remember... What color are they? They're red and white. Wow. See? There you go. I can see their van in my head. Yep. I can see other color schemes in my head, but I can't see the names. Like, I'm trying to imagine them right now. Yep. And it's just because I haven't seen them as much. Yep. You haven't and seen so, them often enough. Yeah. And so the, yep. the game, the social media provides the service of getting in front of your cu- your audience, your customer, often. Yeah. And reliably often. Yep. What's cool about social media, especially for, like, plumbing businesses is... It's not something that's like, oh, it worked last month. We got in front of twenty this many people this many times. It's like each month is pretty dang consistent. Dude, it's for, remarkably consistent. Yeah, for the same <clears throat> amount of money spent. Yep. And so it's like it is it's a, a very reliable branding machine, I would say. And nobody's doing it. No, because everybody thinks because you can't track the phone call ROI that it's not yep. worth it. Yep. And it's just a very shallow-minded perspective on advertising. Correct. So when we go back to like understanding the marketing landscape, that's why it's good to understand the marketing landscape. Yep. And like understand more than just like, oh yeah, I got to get my phone to ring and that's it. I'll let the experts handle it. Yep. Because sometimes the experts, like nobody's doing Facebook very well for plumbing businesses because even the experts don't even think about it. Yep. They're focused on- It's too hard. Well, yeah, because, and also it's hard to pitch. Like if I'm trying to sell you into my thing and I'm like, hey man, like I can't really attribute phone calls to this. Yeah, there's but you'll no, get in front there's of no measurable ROI. Yep. And we know from experience doing social media for plumbing businesses, people get super picky about what their content is for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, because people are particular about interesting <clears throat> things when yep. at the end of the day you're like, yeah, but people are seeing your colors and your logo and they're seeing your five-star reviews, and, and you they're shouldn't, meeting your people. You shouldn't care anything outside of, am I making money? Yeah. Is what I'm doing mm-hmm. making me money or not? Yeah. That should be your main focus. Yeah. And a lot of times they'll do social media that has zero effect. It is, just does not make them money. It's yeah. completely useless. It just sits there. It's very boring and arbitrary. Silly. It's the same thing that everybody else does with the same stock photo. Yep. Okay, next question. We could talk about that all day long. Yeah, we could. Um, Okay, okay, okay. All right. Are you a plumber by trade? You think it's a good idea to become a plumber first, then start my business and hire people? Question mark, question mark. You think new construction plumbing is good experience? Okay, that's it. Three questions. Yes, I am a plumber by trade. Do I think it's a good idea to become a plumber by trade? Yeah, because you hold a license. Makes you personally more valuable. Um, and then you can start your business. You don't have to f- try to find somebody with a license. Yeah. Plus, it gives you the experience, the plumbing experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're already an experienced businessman, then and you don't want to go get a license, yeah, you don't have to. You could go buy a business, mm-hmm. rent a license, then run a plumbing business, no problem. Right. What was the third question? Um, do you think that new construction plumbing is good experience? I think it's great experience. How so? So, because a lot of, I came from new construction. New construction, um, I did houses, condos, you know, industrial work, 
all sorts of stuff on military bases. It gave me an appreciation for service work, number one, mm. because <laughs> it's, yeah, I thought it was fun, more fun, right? Yeah. You thought service was more fun? Yeah. Um, and then it also, when you go into a house and you have plumbed a house top to bottom a million times, mm. it gives you a unique perspective when you're going in there of how things are actually ran versus if you were just a service plumber your whole life and you've never seen what's under the concrete, you've right. never seen what's in the walls. It's hard to die. It's much harder to do your job. Yeah, to diagnose the problems. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it's valuable. Hmm. You can learn. You know, you start to understand codes and all that right. stuff. I think it's valuable. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Cool. That was easy. Okay. I'm confused. I'm confused on what. That's it. I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm confused on what you actually mean by five hundred ninety dollars per hour. Is that per guy on the job? Is that per service truck? Two guys per truck? Question mark. Mm. Is that what number you use to bid a job? What does five hundred ninety per hour actually mean? <clears throat> this is one we get a lot. <coughs> okay, so the way that we run, I run my business is, we have one guy in a truck. And he goes to the job, he gets dispatched, he goes there, he looks at the work, he bids it. By, by bid, I mean give the customer an estimate, sells the work, does the work, collects payment, and then goes to the next one. Mm. In that case, 598, we must have been 598 when he wrote that comment. 590. 590. Mm -hmm. So if our hourly rate was 600, mm -hmm. then the technician, when he's there, if he's there for two hours, it's a $1,200 bill, right? Right. For just the labor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> some people will... So yes, it's per hour. If we have two guys on a job, then it's essentially $1,200 an hour. Yeah. Because that guy, that second guy isn't somewhere else doing what you just described that first guy is doing. Correct. So if you don't charge for that second guy, then you're just going to lose. You're going to lose money. Because that guy's just... You know, hanging yeah. out for funsies. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. The only uh, instance that that would be, there would be an exception there would be if a lot of guys like to have two guys driving around in a truck. Mm -hmm. I would just ixnay that right away. Sure. Get rid of the passenger princess. I don't see why you would do that. It's just not efficient. Is there a way, though, where you could figure out if it was efficient? Like the example, yeah. the best example I've ever heard for that reason, which is actually, I don't know if it's the best, but it's my favorite. Yeah. Is the guy who was in New York, like New York City. Yeah. And he says, I got to have a second guy in the truck just so I don't get parking tickets. So if that's efficient, if that's what you have to do, then that's part of your cost of doing business. So yeah, in that sure. sense, I would think about my hourly rate as per truck. Mm, okay. Right. So the truck is, yeah. Okay, and gotcha. so when you're figuring your hourly rate though, you would, you would include all of your labor costs. Mm-hmm. And each truck would only be able to bill out 1,100 hours. Mm. So those two guys together are still only going to bill out 1,100 hours. Okay? Yeah. That, and then you charge that much for those two guys to show yeah, up gotcha. per hour. Yeah. If another two guys show up, you have to double. Mm, yeah, okay? if another truck shows up in so this example. You can think about it per guy or you can think about it per crew. A lot sure. of times, though, when you start adding those extra passenger princesses in, it just drives the cost of your business up. Yeah. And then, and you lose efficiency and you end up having to charge the customer way more for it. Yeah. And then my company can come in with one guy and we can provide the same service for a cheaper price. Yeah. 
But if you can't, like if it's part of you, like you're in an area where you have to have that passenger princess, mm-hmm. the only way, or you have super old guys and you have mm-hmm. to provide them with a younger buck to go help them grunt their workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you have to. Yeah. You just have to make sure that you're charging for that. Like you can't just, yep. you can't just look at it like it's free or yeah. I charge, like I charge for it's and maybe tell me what you think about this or if you come across this where it's like, well, we'll charge, you know, a journeyman is worth this much and apprentice is worth this much because yeah. they're not as skilled. <clears throat> When in reality, what what would you think of that? Like if I if I just told you that was how I sort of am doing my pricing, I would tell you to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. Th- he's not as skilled, so he's going to take longer. Yeah. Either way, the job should cost the same, right. no matter who's there. Right. So if you have a less skilled person going in, mm-hmm. it's going to take him longer. Right. And you're not going to pay him as much. Right. Job cost is the same. Right. If you have a more skilled person go in, he's going to do the job quicker. And so you can pay him more. That's how you should look at it. Mm, gotcha. The cost for the customer shouldn't go up or down based on who's at their house. Mm, yeah. Right? Gotcha. It should be the same cost consistently. Yeah. And that is, I think, where guys get tripped up because I'll hear like, well, my cost is this if it's just me. Yeah. But if it's, well, I guess that goes to your first point though, because if it's like, then you would say, and if I bring another guy, then it's just double because that's what it costs for me to bring this other guy. Right? Am I thinking about that correctly? If you're... I mean, the the real basis problem of this, mm-hmm. of somebody being like, is it 590 for you and another guy or 590 just for myself? Mm-hmm. They don't have an understanding of what it costs them to run their business. Mm. Yeah. And if they gotcha. did, they would immediately know the answers to these questions. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. And if, and if that's you, grab our playbook, mm-hmm. link in the bio or in the description, grab the hourly rate calculator and run it. Yeah, gotcha. <clears throat> Um, if you grab that playbook, um, you'll be able to get access to Jared's peanut butter ball recipe. Okay, next question. <laughs> That'd be really funny to put that in there. <laughs> Bonus <laughs> peanut butter ball recipe. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of my favorite joke. It like just, nobody would get it. Be like it a just dumb takes off. Joke. Yeah. I get known for my peanut butter ball yeah, recipe. You're, just, you're blowing up on Pinterest. <laughs> We're running ads to Pinterest now. You know, like my peanut butter ball recipe. <laughs> this is how I scale my on, one million dollar peanut butter recipe. I'm on Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait, dude. I used to do plumbing, but now I just make peanut butter balls. Oh, man. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> um, all right. I would love an episode that dives into what you need to have before hiring your first employee, like the paperwork and payroll and understanding what tax forms and stuff. Thanks for the great insight. That's a good one. Dude, just ask your bookkeeper. Ask your payroll company. Yeah, that's true. I ask Becca's like that stuff all the time. Yeah. Becca, what do I need to do for this? When I hired my first employee, I hired him and then I, <laughs> so our my bookkeeper does my books and my payroll. And I said, mm-hmm. hey, Becca, if you need a good bookkeeper, go to, what is it? Becca at BurcellBookkeeping.com? I don't know. I think it's Becca at Bursell. Just look up Bursell Bookkeeping. You'll probably find something. Yeah, it's good. Um, <clears throat> I literally called her and I said, I just hired a person. <laughs> What do I do? Yeah. And she was like, you need to have him fill out this paperwork. And I said, okay. And she goes, let me send you some. She sent me just like a rough draft of hers. And then yeah. I was able to just change it. Yeah. But it's not much. You need like a um, you need like a direct deposit form. Mm-hmm. You need some IRS forms like a, what is it, a W-2? See, I don't even know. W-4. I have tons of employees. We pay them every week. I don't even know what they it's, need. It's not a lot, though. It's like, not It's a just lot. a couple things. Like, really, you just want to make sure that 
the government knows how much money they're going to be contributing. Yep. And then they need to be able to get paid probably directly to their bank account. Yep. And then after that, it's all whatever you want to do. It's all proprietary. Yeah. It's like, do you want to have an employee agreement? Yep. Like, how do you want to structure this this relationship? Yep. But the legal stuff is pretty dang simple, surprisingly so. Yep. And then I think, you know, you want to know the difference if they're like a W-2 or if they're like a 1099. Like, you want to, like, understand those things, which your bookkeeper could help you or the internet could help you with. Yep. Um, but, yeah, you're, I mean, that's one of the things that your bookkeeper can really help you. Like, even, like, all for Wealthy Plumber, I'll ask Becca stuff and be like, hey, what, what do I got to do? And she's like, it's this. And I'm like, thanks. And that's it. It's a lot of business is just knowing who to ask. Yes. Who do I ask and, to solve this problem? And like, you know, if you're doing any revenue, you should have a bookkeeper anyway. So you already have that tool in your toolkit to ask these questions. Yep. Okay. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Okay. Joel is such a likable guy. Would love to hear <laughs> more about his, you know, would love to hear <clears throat> about his story more, Jared. Um. um <laughs> <laughs> well, am I supposed to answer this? Yeah. So Jared, what do you think about that? <clears throat> um, Joel is a likable guy. Thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Your story used to load planes. Um. Yeah. I moved to Alaska in 08, and it was either that or music school, which music school was like going to be like forty thousand dollars for two years. Mm -hmm. And if you think about music school, it sounds like it's a terrible idea, dude. Horrible. Because like I'm going to walk away with a certificate that I did good in music school. Yeah. And then what am I going to do? Nothing. I'm going to go like hope to get in a band and make a bunch of money. <laughs> so like <laughs> which you could do without a Yeah, you don't need you <laughs> just need a music school. Exactly. So <clears throat> like I went there I, I was going to go to music school because it's what my sister did. She enjoyed it. I was going to move to California, to Pasadena, um live in my uh my dad's aunt sister, somebody. I think his his aunt's house. Luckily, my dad approached me before that. He said, hey, uh, he was moving up to Alaska to go back to the job they used to have. He flies planes. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, man, you want to uh, just come with me and come to work? And I was like, yes. And it's funny because I didn't even really have to think about it. I just said like, yeah, that sounds good. Like way better than going to music school. Because I think I just wanted to have an answer for college because all my friends were going to college. And I was like, I, I guess I'll go to college too. Mm -hmm. And ended up moving to Alaska um, I think like if I was being honest, the things that I can contribute to the success I've had is that's actually a very pivotal, I can remember one pivotal moment, but I was working and I just decided that like, I'm in a completely new place. I can essentially remake myself mm -hmm. to be whatever I want. Cause yep. nobody knows me here. And so I said, I'm just going to be honest and I'm going to just tell the truth all the time. Like that's, I told that to myself. And I think I said like, and I'm also going to be humble, try my best to be humble. Mm -hmm. and those are like my two main rules. Mm -hmm. And then I got a job loading planes, which was super fun. Um, I made a couple mistakes early on and I, there's this one pivotal moment where I made a huge mistake. There was a plane that was leaving. I ran out and put the thing on the wrong plane, right? This very important, like medicine went on the wrong plane in Alaska going hundreds of miles to a different place. Mm -hmm. And my boss looked around at all of us. He says, who the, sorry, Jed, who the fuck did that? Who put that thing on the you know, plane? And everybody's looking around like, not me, not me. And I had this thought in my head. I was like, I can either just say not me or I can say it was me. And I was like, I stepped forward. I was like, it was me. I did it. Like I totally messed it up. It was like my bad. And I, in that moment, 
I looked at everyone and everyone was like, damn, dude, you're just going to say that? Like, you're going to get fired, dog. Like, you can't just say that you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, is I, I didn't get fired. My boss was like, okay, well, don't do that again. I was like, okay. And then in that moment, this is the pivotal moment, right? I understood that I needed to own my mistakes, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I kept making mistakes, but I kept owning them. <laughs> yeah. And I could tell that that was not okay because my boss at the time looked at, kept looking at me like, are you an idiot? <laughs> and so I realized that I was like, okay, but I also have to get better at my job. But what I noticed is I got better at my job. And because I was honest and I owned my mistakes, I just started getting paid more money and was given more responsibility. Yep. And then I continually accepted anything that they gave me. Yep. If they wanted to move me up in the company, I said, sure, without a thought. Yep. Um, and by being honest, I was able to earn the respect of a lot of older people because I was like 18 and everybody I worked with was like 25 and above. Yep. And they just saw me as some snot-nosed kid, you know, your dad's the boss or whatever because he was like the director or something. Yep. And like, who are you? But like, I just earned my spot there because I was honest about stuff. Yep. They ask me questions, I tell them honestly. And they're like, dang, dude, that's cool. Okay, interesting. Um, so I loaded planes for a while, got it, left that company. It's actually funny. Second pivotal moment of my life was I uh, interviewed for the supervisor position. And uh, I thought I did awesome in the interview, thought I killed it, right? Mm-hmm. And then the guy pulled me aside. He didn't get it. And he pulled me aside and he said, Joel, that was the worst interview that mm-hmm. we had. And it crushed me. <laughs> it crushed me. <laughs> Like, talk about, like, that was probably the most humbling moment of my life. And I was like, holy crap. But in that moment, I was like, I'm going to quit this job. Not because, like, I didn't, not because of, like, I didn't get the job, but just I don't need to be here anymore. And this place kind of sucks. And so then I went and got a different job and just loaded airplanes for another, I don't know, 12, 13 years and worked my way up in that company, led a couple departments there, had, like, you know, 25 odd people under me, um, which was a lot of fun. I miss a lot of elements in that job because uh-huh. it's like, it's fun to look back at a job and be like, oh dang, that was that was a good time. Like yep. mentoring those guys, solving those real world problems. Yep. Um, definitely fond memories. Like when I think of Alaska, I don't like the cold. I'm very appreciative that I can just ride my bike here and yep. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking back, I'm like, dang, that was a cool place to work. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked that. That was a good time. I learned a lot there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, in the middle there, I like, you know, met a wife and married her and then had some kids. And um, eventually you were like, hey, yeah. Actually, I think it started, I think our relationship started because like we knew each other just because we were in the same church circles. Yeah. And then eventually we started a home church, but then really you were like, Hey, you want to come help me like move some heavy stuff? I got to move some boilers. I'll yep. pay you a little extra money. And I was like, hell yeah, I need extra money. Yeah. Um, and, and you were like the world's greatest mover. Yeah. And I th- greatest boiler mover. Yeah. And I, well, cause <laughs> my job is like moving heavy stuff all the time. Yep. And I like to work yep. like physical work is super fun to me. Like even now, like when we helped, uh, or I helped my friend Alex, our friend Alex move up here. I was so yeah. excited. Just like loaded. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, like let's have some boxes, bro. Like take yep. a break. I got this. Um, but I think that's where like our relationship started to develop. Cause you're like, oh, Joel's cool. Like he can move stuff well and he like does a good job. And what's cool is I think like all of that, I mean, really my play for the future was like, well, if I ever move out of the Alaska, I just got to like, 
convince somebody that I'm worth the money <laughs> wherever I hire. Because yep. I didn't have any skills, right? Nothing yeah. on paper. Like I'm not, I wasn't a plumber. Yeah. I wasn't anything that could transfer. I was just an airplane loader. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but what was cool is like you sort of allowed me not to do that because you were like, hey man, you want, you want a job? Like I'm building this new thing, this social media company. You want to just like do that with me? It seemed yeah. like you're like, you'd do a good job. And I was like, hell yeah, thanks. I just, you're the only one that ever listened to me. Actually, that's funny. That's, that's <laughs> and I was true. like, this guy, he, yeah. he actually listens. Yeah, I mean, you know, very impressionable. I don't, I don't think you're impressionable. I think when somebody says something, I think you think about things when somebody says something and you're like, huh, that actually makes sense. Yeah. You like take it in and you're like, oh, I should probably change what I'm doing to reflect what makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that comes down to like, like having humility as one of our main traits that we should lean on. Because it makes us really teachable. Yeah. And it makes us open to criticism from all angles. Yep. And like loading planes, I got to work with a lot of people who knew a lot more than me. Yep. And also, more importantly, work with people who thought they knew a lot more than me. Yeah. If you can work well with people who just think they know more than you and you can accept that, you can accept from them criticism, even though they're crappy people to be criticizing you because they have no reason to. Yeah. You, you can get along in life a lot better. Yeah. And you can you can lead people well because you're like, oh yeah, this guy's an ass, but what he just said, some of that does make sense. I should apply that. Yep. And that just comes back to not thinking super highly of yourself that you're above taking advice from anybody. So yeah, and then moved to Florida and learned how to ride a bike and uh, you know, now that's super fun. And now we podcast. And now we sit at this table and podcast <laughs> and uh, eat peanut butter balls and <clears throat> yeah, man, well that's that's pretty much me. It's normal cool. stuff. Okay. Okay. Good uh, story. Uh, cool story, bro. <laughs> um, okay. Back to business. Um, okay. Um, how do you come up with a flat rate price for mainline sink line snaking and locating and repairing pipe leaks? Or do you just tell them 450 bucks per hour? Oof. We do not ever give an hourly rate. Ever. Sure. Period. So my guys, we have a <laughs> flat rate task for... Um, there's two ways to do it. So we do it by pipe size or mm -hmm. we could call it location. Mm -hmm. Like if your mainline drain costs a certain amount, mm -hmm. snaking your kitchen sink costs a certain amount. Sure. Snaking your bathtub, certain amount. Snaking your toilet, certain mm -hmm. amount. Um, typically we've got like an hour, hour and a half on those tasks. Mm -hmm. So if, if it takes 45 minutes on average, put an hour and 30 minutes on it. And then that's how much you charge. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, some guys do it by the machine. So like mm. they do it like, hey, if I can do it with this machine, it's this much. If I have to get out this machine, it's this much. And sure. if I have to get out this big machine, it's this much. Mm. So that's another way to do it. <clears throat> and each machine provides a different value. Yeah. Yeah. Each machine you would say has a different <coughs> amount of hours on it, right? Yeah, I gotcha. So if I gotta whip out and you could step that, right? Mm -hmm. So how we do it is it's like, okay. We can snake it for this much. Mm -hmm. If we need to get out our jetter, we call it, we move to the next task, which is snake and jet, right? which is more expensive, has more time on it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the next one we offer is, and you can include like chain knocker in there or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. <clears throat> um, and then we camera with each of them. And then the next thing we move to for an option is a whole house drain clean. Mm. So we'll snake and jet your main line, jet out your kitchen sink, and we will snake all your bathroom sinks and your tub drains. Gotcha. Okay. 
Ne- never hourly. Sense. Yeah, never. And I mean, like, that kind of comes back to, like, when we say, like, flat rate is based upon an hourly rate. Yep. Like, we're not, we're just using that because that is how you determine the... Time's just a number you use yeah. to measure things. Yeah. It's not like, we're not really referring to time and materials, right? Like, no. we're not using that framework at all. If you're there for, if you bill them for an hour and a half and you're only there for 45 minutes, good. Yeah. Y- yeah. Yes. That's the goal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The goal yeah. is to beat your numbers. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. To be more efficient. Yeah. And then you build your numbers around you not beating your numbers because <clears throat> things things go weird or guys don't perform at what you want them to, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. Correct. All right. Easy peasy. Um, what would you say is the fastest way for me to make a million dollars in plumbing if you're like me with only my journeyman license? Um, get whatever licensing you need to start your business. Mm-hmm. And then start a business. Sure. And you could literally make a million dollars your first year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, let's see, I wonder if, I bet you he means himself making a million dollars, like his own paycheck. Himself making a million dollars. As an employee, very tough. Yeah. Could you could you do that as an employee? Probably. You uh, take home a million dollars? Yeah. I don't know. You, you'd have, you'd to, have be... to work for a big company. You'd have to move up. And be real high up in it. Yeah, you'd have to be like CEO of that giant company or Probab- COO. Maybe, probably, yeah. Depending upon what giant company it is. Yep. But that'd be a pretty stinking big company. Yep. You'd be better off <coughs> starting your own. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. Can you please, in all caps, offer some recommendations for apprentices just, in all caps, starting out? Anything we can do at this point? And as we go, that'll set us up for success, get us ready so when we get our master's, we can start our own business, start killing it, and truly earn a wealthy plumber hat. Thank you. I want a wealthy plumber hat. We have those? I have one. It looks terrible. Oh. Um, That guy wants to earn a hat, man. That's I would watch this podcast. I would learn as much information Mm. as I can, and I would never lose sight of that Mm. dream. Yeah. So I would write that down every day in my journal every morning. Mm-hmm. So let's go back. Like you can learn all about the business of plumbing. Mm-hmm. Like you can learn from this podcast. You can download our playbook. Um, but that's not, that's only half the equation. Yeah. The other half is <clears throat> the person you need to become to be a mm-hmm. successful business owner. Mm-hmm. So start working on yourself. Like you have the opportunity now. Yeah. I would go, I would start waking up early, mm. right? Early to bed, early to rise, keeps you healthy, wealthy, and wise. I would start waking up early. I would start journaling. I would start reading books. Mm-hmm. I would start doing hard things yeah. and developing discipline. Mm-hmm. So go run a marathon. Go run a 100-mile race. Mm-hmm. Wake up every morning and work out. Start living and dying by your Google calendar. Mm-hmm. Develop the discipline to like be healthy Right. Eat healthy, mm-hmm. develop your mind, go to bed on time. Don't hang out with stupid people doing stupid stuff. Quit drinking, quit smoking, don't yeah. do any of that crap. Wake up every morning and make your bed. Yeah. Make your own food. Don't be a victim. Don't 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 claim that. Well, if things weren't so hard, I'd be able to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. If you if you do those things and you get your master's license, and you go to start your business, you're going to be unstoppable. Oh, yeah. Dude, you, you're going to crush. You are going to kill it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Because all you will lack is knowing how to run a business. Yeah. 
Yeah, all you will lack is knowing how to run a, a business and then the experience of failure that comes with that process. Yeah. And you'll gain that. Knowing how to run a business is like such a small part of it. Mm-hmm. Like most people fail because they lack the rest of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they, sure. They, they have terrible mindsets, terrible understanding, terrible discipline. Terrible like eating habits. Terrible sleeping eating habits. habits. It's kind of terrible sleeping habits. Like they don't have their life together yet. And that's why they're not successful. It's kind of interesting. And we could talk about this on a whole podcast, but it's interesting that we think we can like, learn these things and then be successful when our lives, the way that we live our lives is just garbage. Yeah. It's not a, it's not successful at all. Yeah. It's like those things have to map or else one thing will give. You might gain success, but then your body's going to give because you don't treat it well or your habits catch up with you. And then that's going to, you're going to lose all that momentum you gained. Correct. Yeah. It's like common sense when you talk about it. It's hard to do, but you got to do it. Yep. Okay. Um, how do you figure all plumbing companies need to charge 400 per hour plus to be profitable? Most of my area are under 150, and I think the average is 85. Some of these companies have been in business for 40 plus years. Not saying you're wrong, just curious. So they may they've been in business for a long, long time, and they may have been profitable at one point in time mm. at 150, um, but you don't know if they're profitable now. Right. Actually, I know that they're not. They're just getting by. Yeah, and the only reason they're getting by is because their trucks are paid off. Yeah, sure. Um, they're big enough to where they have economy of scale, but I guarantee you they're just getting by. And like if they're around that long, they probably have some good local word of mouth, so they probably don't have to pay a ton in advertising. Correct. But even that company isn't probably worth that much, like to be able to buy that company. Nope. And nobody's like having a great time making a bunch of money there. Nope. So like you can have that business that's just scrapes by for your whole life. I don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> go get a job. Yeah, get a job. Yeah, make more money. Yep. Live better. Yep. Okay. Um, a lot of times those businesses, the owner back in the day started the business, ran it, made a lot of money, mm-hmm, mm. retired, sold it to somebody, or sold it to an employee, gave it to his kid or something, and they just kept running it how it was running and started mm-hmm. making less and less and less and less and less and less and less money. Mm-hmm as things cost more Mm. and now they're not profitable. Mm -hmm. And within like the plumbing trade, that's like very common, that scenario that he just described. Yeah. And it's just because there's a lack of knowledge of how the business runs, Yep. but you can still get by with knowing only how to do the work. You can still get by for a long time, but you're just not going to be thriving. Yeah. There's a huge lack in just plumbing business owners, Running a business to make money. True. It's yeah. weird. Mm. I don't know why you would go through all of that headache to not make money. Yeah, it's funny because it's, it's not worth it. And it's funny because it's like, I talk to these guys and that should just be one of my questions. Like, so are you, what are you in this business for? Yeah. And then they'll probably say something like to make money. And then I'll be like, how's that been going? Most of them would probably tell you freedom. Yeah. And you would say, How's that going? And they'd yeah. probably be like, terrible. I got to work all the time because I don't yeah. make any money. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, 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 they had, there's a disconnect between how much money you make and how much freedom you get. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um, I have a question. If I'm in one truck chuck stage and I haven't gotten a solid brand and wrap yet, should I still post pictures of my van and myself on my GMB? Heck yeah. Yeah, there you go. Why not? 
Like what else are you going to put? What yeah, are you going to yeah, put yeah. on there? Yeah, what's the option? Either not a picture or like a picture of your work. Yeah. You smiling in front of your unwrapped van is going to be better than either a no picture or a picture of your work. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. And you can always make yourself look presentable. Yes, you can put on a nice shirt. Yep. Smile real big. Cut your hair. Yeah. Brush your beard. Yep. <laughs> Get yep. all the sticks out. Clean clothes. Yeah. Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at sticks you, you know? in your beard well it gets a little wild you're out in the woods you know <laughs> doing stuff doing cool stuff you know uh, that's funny <clears throat> <laughs> okay um i love the trade and can't wait to do what you do when i'm licensed one question how are you charging 400 an hour <laughs> in my area connecticut we charge 168 and that's high compared to most other companies near us thanks for the video i learned a ton man i feel like we already answered this question yeah um it's how, a, how do you do it? You literally just price yourself at 400 an hour and you go flat rate. And you yeah. say, okay, changing your toilet is this much. Yeah. Here's how much it costs. Would you like me to move forward with it? Mm-hmm. And that's how you do it. Mm. And if you don't, you're going to go broke. Yeah, and I think you just have to motivate yourself and reassure yourself that if you don't do it, you'll go broke. Yep. Regardless of what other people are doing, they will eventually go broke if they don't make a change. Yep. Quit looking around at what other people's are do- people are doing and do... What's best for you? Yeah, comes back to grab the playbook, look at the hourly rate calculator, run that sucker, and yep. that'll help you figure out what to charge. Yep, know your numbers. Okay, does your hourly charge incorporate your vehicle charge and snake machine if needed, or is that additional as well? Thanks for all the great info. No additional. Because all that stuff, your, your vehicle expenses, mm. how much you're spending on new equipment or repairing equipment, that should all be boiled into your hourly rate. Gotcha. It's all considered an expense. Yeah. So at the end of the day, your hourly rate covers your expenses, including your truck and your machines and all that stuff, plus enough money to make a profit. Gotcha. So every customer is paying their fair share of your expenses. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Simple enough. Yep. I'm charging 70 bucks an hour and then adding parts slash materials on top of that. Do you think I need to raise my hourly rate? holy moly yeah (laughs) and you need to double your material cost yeah yes yeah okay okay we got we got four more are we gonna make it sure when you hired your marketing company did you go with someone local or someone online someone local or someone online i went with someone local because my brother owns a marketing company yeah so your brother happened to live near you yes and at the time he wanted to do more marketing for plumbers um, he had a few plumbers on board, and we, I was like, well, let's do mine, and then I can be your case study. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And then is your, um, was it because your brother's company was local that it worked well? No, so, I mean, marketing, again, we talked about marketing and how they're a partner, right? Yeah. And... Hiring a marketing agency is a small portion of the equation. There's so much more to marketing outside of just hiring an agency, right? And then the only, the reason that, like, you go hire a marketing agency, they all are going to do the same stuff. Mm-hmm. They're all going to do, get you a website, get you pay-per-click, get your GMB going, get your GLSA going, mm-hmm. get your listings all together everywhere. So, like, your name and everything is listed the same. Mm. and start working on SEO. Like, they're all going to do the same stuff. Right. It's not some secret sauce that they're doing behind doors that only they do. Right. Right? What makes 
someone successful is when, just like we said, the business owner understands what's going on in their marketing, mm. and they communicate mm. effectively with the marketing company sure. to make smart marketing decisions together mm, yeah. and move the business forward. Yeah. If that doesn't happen either on the marketing company's end or on the business owner's end, it doesn't work. Yeah. Here's what happens a lot. A lot of guys hire a marketing company. They give them 30, 60 days, 90 days, whatever, and they're like, this isn't working. And they fire their marketing company and they move on to another one. Mm -hmm. When in reality, the problem wasn't necessarily the marketing company. The problem was time of year. Right. Or they didn't spend enough money. Right. That's it. Those are the things. Hmm. Or they weren't willing to do things that they needed to do. Sure. Right? Those are typically what we see. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, okay, three more. Do you turn down remodels and other larger jobs to strictly focus on service? Yes. Don't do remodels. Don't do larger jobs. Yeah. Only service. Yeah, because they'll, they'll, they'll essentially tie your resources. Yep. And they'll take too long to pay. Yeah, sure. And they're very inefficient. Yeah. And it's hard to make money. Yeah. So we stick to what we know best and what we can make money with. Yeah. If you if you do one thing, you can do one thing very well right. and make a lot of money with it. When you start trying to do two or three different things mm -hmm. within a small business, it just pulls you a bunch of different directions mm -hmm. and you end up doing nothing very well. Right. And you end up not making very much money. Right. So pick one, learn how to make money with it, and stick with it. Gotcha. Okay, when you say hourly rate, you are talking about time on-site slash labor only? Yes. Time on-site, labor only. But it's an hourly rate to figure your flat rate. So yeah. you're going to a job and you're saying, I think this is going to take me two hours. Our hourly rate is 600 bucks. I'm going to add in half hour of drive time, so yeah. it's going to be $1,500 for labor. Yeah. Then I'm going to take materials. Mm -hmm. If it's a $500 material cost, I'm going to add $1,000 to that mm -hmm. bid. Gotcha. So that would be a $2,500 estimate that I would give that customer. Mm, gotcha. Yep. Yeah, so it seems like the drive time <clears throat> there. Yeah, you incorporate drive time. Yes. Yeah, of course. Okay, last one. What happens if the job becomes more difficult after you've already quoted a flat rate of five ninety five? If the job is more difficult, so... Outside the original original scope of work presented, maybe. Yeah, so on your estimate, you should always have like a clause mm. that says that, hey, this, is, this isn't the final price. It could go up or down, mm. right, based on what we find. Mm -hmm. So, and if you dig into something, like if you... If you can see it and you didn't catch it because you're an idiot, mm. that's a hard one to come back to the customer on, yeah. right? I would just... Be like, damn it, I should have caught that. Yeah, like a uh, learning moment. <clears throat> yes. Um, if you open up at a wall and it's a whole different story and it's a new can of worms, that's when you say, hey, customer, <laughs> let me show you what's in your wall. Yeah. We need to reassess the situation. Mm -hmm. And you give, the, you give them a new estimate. Mm. And that's it. Okay. It's an easy conversation. Yeah, just easy like, conversation. Yeah, you're just communicating with the customer. Like, yeah. there's no shame in that. It's communication. And then you can still be like, well, I can still just do the original thing, but that this whole thing is still going to be there. Yeah, or if you can't do the original thing, oh, yeah. just tell the customer. Yeah. The original thing that I quoted you is not going to work. Yeah, because of this new stuff I found out. So, yeah. And then at that point, would you then just drill up like the new options? Like, this is what I can do and what it would look like? Yep. What do you want to do from here? Yep. Yeah. Uh, my GM, Eddie, taught me one thing. I worked... 
-hmm. before he became a GMO, I worked around him. Mm -hmm. um, and he would always tell me, put it in the customer's court. Like, yeah. let the customer decide. Yeah. And I'd be like, ah. Because I would go to a house and see something that needed to be fixed. I'd be like, dang it, what do I do? Yeah. Like, what do we do here? Yeah. He's like, just present the information to the customer mm -hmm. and let the customer decide. Yeah. So just go to the customer, be honest with them, show them what's going on, present their options to mm -hmm. them, work up prices to get that stuff done, and then let them decide. Cool, man. Man, we made it. All 100 questions. All 100 <clears throat> questions. How yeah. many we get through? 30. 30? There's only 30 on there. Dude, we're rock stars. Dude, man, we're so cool. <laughs> Woo! All right, man. Uh, thanks, Jared. I'm going to go eat more peanut butter balls. Okay. <laughs> See you, Holmes. See ya.